Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. The NFL regular season has flown by. We're already in week 15. Start of the fancy playoffs for those that play in most leagues anyway. And it's really beginning to be crunch time for playoff hopeful teams and teams playing for division titles and for playoff seeding. Bye weeks are over, so we have a full schedule. Three games on Saturday. The Saturday game's now starting. And so let's get right to it. Running through every game of the week, getting through all 32 teams. Starting with Thursday night football, 49ers face the Seahawks. It's in Seattle. Because the Niners beat the Seahawks in the first matchup earlier this season, it was the game that Trey Lance unfortunately suffered his broken leg. If they win tonight, they'll clinch the NFC West because they'll be three games up and they'll own the tiebreak with the two wins over the Seahawks. But they'll be without Debo Samuel, who's expected to miss around three games with knee and ankle injuries after he was twisted up last week in the blowout win over the Bucs. Even without Debo, San Francisco has plenty of pieces on offense, totally stacked. Christian McCaffrey, obviously one of the best running backs in the league. And rookie Jordan Mason, he's emerged as a nice secondary punch, breaks a lot of tackles, ran well at the end of last week. And Brock Purdy in his first career start, He didn't have to do a ton, but he played really well. He was very efficient, and with how good the Niners' defense is, they can win and go really deep in the playoffs if they take care of the ball. But now Purdy is dealing with an oblique injury. He's listed as questionable for tonight. It actually wouldn't be shocking if he did miss tonight on a short week, knowing that he's their guy moving forward. So if he's out, veteran Josh Johnson, who has plenty of experience for many teams, We'd have to see how he fares against the Seahawks. And for Seattle, Geno Smith, uncharacteristically, threw two interceptions last week. Obviously, he hasn't started in years, but the first time that's happened for him, I think, since 2014. He has an interception in three straight games. I think a little bit, maybe he's trying to do a little too much with the run game struggling so much. And also the Seahawks' run defense. They're being outgained on the ground by a ton the past few weeks, and that's definitely not the formula for Pete Carroll. But after he was out last week, rookie running back Ken Walker will be back tonight from his ankle injury. So that should be a boost, and we'll see if they can somehow get something going on the ground against a stingy Niners defense. And if they do, I think they have a shot. If not, it might be tough, even with the way Geno can throw the ball and the success Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf have had all season. But it should be a good one to kick off week 15. And again, the Niners can clinch their division with a win. Then on Saturday, three games. First at 1 o'clock, Colts against the Vikings. Indies coming off their bye. The Vikings are vulnerable through the air. Jared Goff and the Lions lit him up last week in Detroit's big win. Viking clearly tougher against the run. Still, the Colts want to get Jonathan Taylor going. So I think off the bye, I'd like to see him get more involved as a receiver something that I thought would be the case all season and just hasn't come to be really. And for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, they put up massive numbers. Should have been an even bigger game for Jefferson, who had 223 yards on 11 receptions. As a play was blown dead, On it didn't look like he stepped out of bounds and it looked like he should have went whatever it was, another like 20, 30 yards, I think, and scored a touchdown, but that didn't happen. 
So that hurt the Vikings' comeback chances, but the Lions definitely outplayed them last week. And all three of Minnesota's losses, they're 10-3. and three. All three of their losses have been by multiple possessions and have been somewhat ugly at times. This game is in Minnesota, though. The Vikings should get back on track. But we'll see if the Colts, who in an interesting situation with Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach, we'll see how they fare after the bye week and how Saturday was able to handle that. In the second Saturday game, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, Ravens face the Browns. It's going to be cold. I think under 30 degrees, chance of flurries. It's in Cleveland. There's going to be a lot of cold weather uh, across the league this week, which is typical for this time of year. And personally, I'm a fan of it. In that environment, I think the Browns, undoubtedly, they need to get Nick Chubb going. He should get 20 to 25 carries at least. As last week against a Bengals team, they've owned to some extent recently. They went way too pass happy, in my opinion. 42 attempts from Deshaun Watson, who just, I mean, he was off for two years, but he's not playing well at all. And with that ridiculous situation, I, I'm i not going to be upset if that continues with uh, Watson and the Browns not having success on the field. But maybe they'll get something going down the stretch heading into next year. And for the Ravens, they were it was a typical Ravens-Steelers game. They lost four straight to Pittsburgh, but they were able to come out with a win this time. Block field goal by Calais Campbell was huge. Tyler Huntley left the game early due to the concussion protocol, but it looks like he'll be ready to go on Saturday. The Ravens and the Bengals are both 9-4, and four, so they're jostling for position atop the AFC North. Both look really good to make the postseason. So for the Ravens, not only trying to keep pace with the Bengals, I think maybe looking to set the tone that it's not going to be easy for Watson over the years playing in the AFC North. And we'll see what the reception is for Watson playing at home for Cleveland for the first time. On Saturday night, highly anticipated showdown between the Dolphins and the Bills in snowy Buffalo, likely to be snowy all night and all weekend really in the area. So that's going to be awesome. That's going to be fun to watch, I would think. For Miami, the fear is they might have been figured out just a little bit. The past couple of games haven't gotten much going against the Niners and the Chargers. LA in particular, they took away the middle of the field where Tua is so accurate and throws with such great timing to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Miami won the first matchup. Bills had a really good shot to win in the end. I believe that was the game that Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey sort of raged up in the booth after the game. So Buffalo is going to be determined to redeem that earlier loss. They remain in position for the top seed after the defensive battle against the Jets last week in a win. And again, unfortunately, there's no Von Miller. But Tredavis White will certainly help in facing Hill and Waddle. And definitely one of the best games of the week. The spread I saw... I think yesterday it was at like nine, and now it's at seven in favor of the Bills. But it's worth noting that Tua, he said he threw in the snow last offseason with his brother, who goes to Maryland, and he said he liked um, throwing in the snow, and it shouldn't affect him, he says. But still, for the entire team, it's a South Florida team coming up to Buffalo in a frigid environment, so something to watch on Saturday night. On Sunday, the Eagles face the Bears. 
They had that one loss to the Commanders on the Monday night where Washington was able to run the ball effectively and stay in favorable positions and keep drives going and control the ball, really. But since then, the additions of Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph and then getting Jordan Davis back, the run defense, which was the weakness, is not that anymore. It's looked good. And with the way Jalen Hurts is playing last week, again, pinpoint passes, great timing all over the field, does damage with his legs. They're just a tough team to beat, and now they're going to get star tight end Dallas Goddard back. It looks like who's had his practice window open, missed the past three games while on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. So they're at 12-1. and one. I expect them to get 13-1. and one. But the Bears are coming off their bye week, so they had some extra time to prepare for this attack. Justin Fields can make things interesting with the way he can run around and make plays. It just might be tough facing this Eagles defense that can maybe rack up sacks. And for the Bears, I think Hurts was a better prospect and better passer coming out of college. But there's some hope that Fields has the potential to go on the type of path that Hurts has gone on in emerging as an MVP candidate. So it'll be interesting to see those two both on the field this week. And we still have plenty of time, four games to go. But right now, I think Hurts is running away with the MVP. The Lions face the Jets. Detroit talked about their big win over the Vikings. Jared Goff in the offense did a lot of damage through the air. Jameson Williams caught a 40-yard touchdown, first of his career in his second game. DJ Chark had another strong showing. The talk is and word is that the Lions want to stick with Goff long-term as their quarterback. It's what I've been basically pounding the table for. He's had a ton of success in the league with both the Rams and now the Lions. He's highly accurate. It's one big games. The playoff win at New Orleans when he was with the Rams is one of the best performances I can remember for a quarterback in the playoffs. And when the Stafford golf trade went down, I think John Gruden said this too when he was still with the Raiders in some podcast or something. He heard about the trade and he thought the picks were headed to the Rams. Basically that golf was the upgrade at quarterback when you take into account age and everything. So Detroit's in good shape. looks like they have their franchise quarterback as of now. And they have these picks from the Rams to continue building. And they're right in the playoff mix. 5-1 and one their past six games, now at 6-7. and seven. This will obviously be a challenge this week at the Jets, who have one of the league's best defenses. Lions did go through uh, some struggles on offense in the middle part of the season, including getting blown out by New England. So we'll see how far they've come. This will be a big test this week for New York. The loss to the Bills, Mike White, he was hit a ton, beat up, left the game a couple of times, went to the hospital to get checked out. He then returned and was able to travel with the team. So I think that performance, it was a loss, but White clearly has a ton of respect from his teammates. They believe in him. And Robert Saul has made some interesting comments at times this year, early in the season, talking about how they're going to prove the doubters wrong. I'd say they have to this point. And then last week after the loss to the Bills, he said he knows they're going to see them again, basically asserting that they're going to make the playoffs and match up with the Bills at some point. And both squads, the Lions and the Jets, they're in the wildcard mix in their respective conferences. So this is definitely one of the big ones of the week. The Steelers face the Panthers. Pittsburgh had that tough loss to the Ravens last week. Kenny Pickett, he left because of the concussion protocol. Mitchell Trubisky came in, 
And I think he probably sitting on the bench for a while after he was benched, uh, I guess, under shaky circumstances, maybe. And I think he just came in and tried to do too much last week, throwing the three interceptions, forcing the ball where it shouldn't have been forced. And he otherwise played fine. And it's totally understandable to me where he's coming from, wanting to stay on the field, trying to totally light it up and again, just maybe forcing some things, trying to do too much. And I expect another defensive battle this week against the Panthers, who are playing well under Steve Wilkes. Again, you could see the team was taking some positive strides with this regime. I think they were a little impatient with Matt Rule in firing him in year three. But it's good to see Wilkes take advantage and get the team to play well down the stretch. They're in the NFC South mix with the Bucks at 6-7, and seven, Carolina at 5-8. and eight. After beating the Seahawks last week in the upset win, they have a run-heavy approach. The dynamic defense, which was the major positive coming out of this rebuild when they hired Rule, and Sam Darnold's doing a nice job right now at quarterback. So it was a disappointing loss for the Steelers last week. Hurts their chances of making a run for a wildcard spot in the AFC. But at 5-8, and eight, they're looking to at least maybe finish above 500 and see what happens if they can get to 9-8. and eight. But of course, there's one game at a time, and same goes for the Panthers, who are also 5-8, and eight, but just one game back of a playoff spot. The Texans face the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes had the three interceptions last week, but he also made some crazy highlight plays in the win over the Broncos. Chiefs defense also had some struggles in allowing the Broncos offense to get going some, and Russell Wilson to get going until he left the game. But they did have the defensive touchdown on the pick six by Willie Gay Jr. Kansas City is the biggest favorite of the week at 14 points. But that was the case with Dallas last week against Houston. And the Texans, they put them on the ropes. So I would think that means the Chiefs aren't going to come into this week thinking they're just going to roll to a win easily. For Houston, I like what they did with Jeff Driscoll, mixing him in at quarterback. He's a dual threat and mostly can be used as a runner. And that kept Dallas off balance a bit. So I expect that to continue, especially with rookie running back Damian Pierce out with the high ankle injury and potentially done for the season, but we'll see if he can return. He's at 939 rushing yards this season. So he's close to a thousand, which would be really nice as a rookie to get. And the run defense has had his struggles clearly for Houston this year, but the pass defense, they've done a nice job. So that's an interesting matchup with Mahomes, Kelsey and everyone going up against a pretty underrated pass defense in the Texans. The Falcons face the Saints. Atlanta made a quarterback change going from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter. It was a bit of a surprise to me with the Falcons still just came back. It was a performance-based decision, according to head coach Arthur Smith. I guess it's worth noting, though, Mariota went on injured reserve. He's had knee surgery or is having knee surgery. I don't know if he had it yet. He was beat up a lot, gained a lot of respect, I think, from his teammates and from other players around the league, as I talked about last week. I'm sure he's frustrated being benched. The talk is that he's like away from the team right now, and there's been some talk that he, I guess, quit on the team or whatever. I don't know. I'm not really sure about that. And I saw recently, I think he had a child. So that's obviously an explanation, that and the knee injury, I would think, for being away from the team. And I guess we'll just keep an eye on that situation. I would think we'll be back at some point. 
maybe helping Ritter out as he looks to navigate his first few starts in the league. And it might have been a case, again, I was somewhat surprised by the move. It might be a case this was the plan. The Falcons, knowing they're not really a Super Bowl caliber team compared to other squads in the league, they might have planned to go to Ritter after the bye at this point and give him the extra week to prepare. And they're facing a Saints team also off the bye. Andy Dalton remains at quarterback for them as they look to not give too high of a draft pick to the Eagles. We'll see if Taysom Hill remains involved. I like to see him more involved as they look to try to get wins. And Alan Kamara, the usage for him is definitely something to watch after it was pretty low the final few games heading into their bye week. The final 1 o'clock game, the Cowboys faced the Jaguars. Again, Dallas had some trouble with Houston last week. They're certainly not going to overlook a Jaguars team that's playing well. The interceptions have been somewhat of an issue for Dak Prescott, and that could be a problem because, I mean, they have such a good run game with Zeke and Tony Pollard. The defense, one of the best in the league, can force game-changing plays themselves about as well as anyone. So it should be the biggest point of emphasis, I think, for Dak to take care of the ball, which he certainly has the ability to do and cut down on the interceptions. For the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, since the London game, subpar performance from him, missed on a big throw late, and you could definitely tell he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, making some eye-opening throws all over the field. Again, they responded well to the loss against the Lions, the bad loss a couple of weeks ago in which they basically called it like a playoff type game and they didn't play well and the players weren't happy about that. And they quickly corrected that with the blowout win against the Titans. And I wouldn't count them out in the AFC South, just two games back with four to go and they get to play the Titans again. And Tennessee has a tough schedule, so they're right in the mix there. And even if they don't make the playoffs this season, the way Lawrence has played the past few weeks has been highly encouraging. And I'm already anxious to see how the Jags look next year under Doug Peterson, the second year under him, and Lawrence's third season in the NFL. Not to the late afternoon games. There's four of them this week, which is good to see despite the three Saturday games also. First, the Cardinals face the Broncos. Arizona unfortunately lost Kyler Murray for the season due to a torn ACL that might impact his 2023 availability for the start of the year. Again, I've been watching Hard Knocks. I've liked what I've seen from Cliff Kingsbury, despite the struggles this season. They've dealt with a ton of injuries, but I think Kingsbury does a nice job and has the respect of his roster. And I'm not a huge Robbie Anderson fan with some of his antics over the years. And Anderson, at the end of the game, he went up to Kingsbury and told him that they have his back, the team has his back. And he definitely has respect, I think, of the locker room. But basically, they're pretty undermatched on the offensive line against a team like the Patriots, who racked up the sacks. And now general manager Steve Keim is taking a leave of absence for personal issues, I guess it was. And he's had a DUI in the past. Been with the organization for a while. It feels like it might be time to go in another direction at general manager. This might give owner Michael Goodwill the opportunity to bring someone else in to run the show. And right now, Adrian Wilson, former star safety for the Cardinals, He's uh, taking over the interim tag as the stepping into control, basically. And for the Broncos, it was good to see them get things going. As stated earlier, on offense last week, 
defense again have the three interceptions despite giving up over 30 points to the Chiefs. And at this point, we'll just see if the offense can get something going, keep it going from last week. And Jared Judy had three touchdowns. So we'll see if he can emerge. He could be a potential trade piece, I guess, in the offseason after he was discussed at this year's trade deadline. So again, I don't, I'm, I'm sure Hackett is going to be let go after one season with the new ownership group for the Broncos. But there are plenty of guys playing for their next jobs and the next head coach likely. So they want to put good things on film and play well over the final four games. The Patriots face the Raiders. Josh McDaniels facing his former team. It's in Vegas though. New England again, they got after Colton McCoy last week. Josh Uche had three sacks. He has 10 sacks in the last five games, which is crazy. And Matthew Judon, who's among the league leaders in sacks, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. He saw this coming really weeks ago, saying that Uche might be the best pass rusher on the team. There probably is, he said, I think. So those two at the bookends is quite the tandem. And they're part of a highly versatile Patriots defense. And I'm interested to see how they play a Raiders team that looks likely to get Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back from injured reserve to join Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs in a pretty stacked offense. We'll see what Belichick tries to take away. I would think it'll probably be Adams, Devontae Adams he tries to take away. So there might be an opportunity for Josh Jacobs to have another big game. But we'll see. Maybe he wants to stuff the run and get the Raiders into long third down situations and see if the pass rush can get home again. For the Patriots offense, looks like they'll be without Ramondre Stevenson due to his ankle injury. But I think Damian Harris has a good shot to return to the lineup after missing time due to a thigh injury. He had the interception on a pass where his arm was hit as he threw. But Mac Jones has done a nice job of taking care of the ball, which is big for a team with a good defense like the Patriots have. And for the Raiders, another balloon lead last week, Thursday night against the Rams. That's about as bad as it gets, really, with Baker Mayfield joining the team two days earlier and going the length of the field at the end of the game with the Raiders right in the playoff mix. And now they're at 5-8. and eight. It's going to take a lot to get back into the wild card discussion. And I think we need a big game for Max Crosby and or Chandler Jones this week for the Raiders to get the win, although they are favored by a point right now, which is interesting. The Titans face the Chargers. Tennessee clearly in a cold streak. Following up their blowout loss to the Eagles with another blowout loss to the Jaguars last week. He did have a fumble, but Derrick Henry ran well. And they need to he needs to totally be able to take over games. Of course, that means the defense playing better. Ryan Tannehill in the passing game being able to get more going. And hopefully Traylon Burks, who was in the concussion protocol and missed last week, can return this week. That would be big facing a Chargers team that they put together a good game plan last week against the Dolphins. We'll see how they do against Henry. LA's run defense isn't great, but stopping Henry will be the focus, I'm sure. So we'll see how they can fare there. And the offense looks different with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both healthy in the lineup. Williams caught all six of his targets last week, including a fantastic touchdown catch in the back of the end zone. And Justin Herbert, again, the rib was definitely an issue, I think. I mentioned that weeks ago because he didn't really look like himself. Now he is looking like himself. Of course, getting his receivers back helps, but he just looks healthier too. And is again looking like one of the top quarterbacks, top players in the league. And after narrowly missing the playoffs last season, 
over these final four games in crunch time for the Chargers. I'm sure it's on their mind that every game is critical as they look to get into the postseason this year. The final four o'clock game, the Bengals face the Bucks, 425 Eastern. Given some of the comparisons and playing style for Joe Burrow to Tom Brady, this is one that people have been looking forward to. Unfortunately, it comes with the Bucks struggling a lot, still been way too inconsistent on both sides of the ball. Both the offense and the defense struggled last week in the loss to the Niners. But last week, it was surprising. It was uncharacteristic. It hasn't been the case that much this season where Brady was actually missing some throws. Should have had Mike Evans on a touchdown in, I think it was in the red zone, on like a corner out, underthrew it a lot, or maybe a miscommunication. I'm not really sure, but it was uncommonly off. And then underthrew Scotty Miller on a potential touchdown deep ball down the right sideline. So I'd expect Brady to be locked in this week, looking to get the Bucks back on track and get back to 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven. That said, they face a Bengals team that is as confident as any team in the league right now. The offensive line, it's after so many struggles last season, the additions made, it's all come together, and it's really become a strength for them with the consistency they've gotten. And this game comes in Tampa, and like I said for the Ravens, the Bengals are also trying to keep pace, both at 9-4 and four right now, and obviously you want to win your division to just win it and also to get a home playoff game at least one. And for Tampa, they're trying to win their division just period to get into the playoffs because a wildcard spot looks unlikely uh, with just one team, I would think, coming from the NFC South. On Sunday Night Football, this was flexed in a couple of weeks ago. The Giants faced the Commanders. They tied two weeks ago. And Washington, they had the bye week last week. So it's two straight games against the Giants, which, as I said before, is weird to me. I don't know why the schedule makers did that. But the Giants, I don't think they look past the Eagles or anything, knowing this game would be bigger head-to-head against the team they're right in the mix with the wild-card spot for. But I expect them to have a bounce-back performance, be ready to play after getting blown out by the Eagles last week. And Saquon Barkley, after he was in on the injury report last week with the neck issue and was somewhat uncertain heading into the game and then didn't really play at the end when they were getting blown out, it looks like he's closer to 100%, and I expect a heavy dose of him in a highly important game on Sunday night. For the Commanders, it's their first home Sunday night football game in five years, so not a common sight, and should be one of the games of the week. Again, they tied in their first matchup, and both at 7-5-1 and one in the final two wildcard spots right now, with Dallas in the first wildcard spot in the NFC. So the Seahawks and the Lions at seven and six and six and seven are right behind them. And whoever gets eight and five and one, they're gonna be in great shape to get one of the wild card spots. And then finally, Monday Night Football Rams against the Packers. I guess I should mention the Sunday night game is gonna be another really cold one. And then the Monday night football at Lambeau Field, gonna be frigid temperatures there too. The Packers coming off the bye. Should get Romeo Dobbs back. Christian Watson, again, eight touchdowns his past four games. I expect the Packers to continue drawing things up for him. A.J. Dillon got going the past couple of games, heading into their bye. Aaron Jones, of course, one of the best backs in the league. And the defense, they had an opportunity to recharge with a time off. 
and they should have the advantage against the Rams this week, especially playing at home. And Frillo, again, talked about the comeback. I don't think we'll ever see something like that again where a quarterback comes in and two days later leads his team to win, comeback victory like that, like Baker Mayfield did. And Mayfield's been under a lot of criticism the past year plus and longer, I guess. So credit to him for taking advantage of an opportunity and the degree of difficulty with that, just joining the team and finding his receivers and making good throws was impressive. And this is a chance for Mayfield to learn under Sean McVay and rebuild himself there with the Rams. And as I said last week, at least with the Rams in three straight standalone windows last Thursday night, now this Monday night, and then on Christmas Day against the Broncos, at least having Mayfield, it's going to provide more entertainment, I think, with people seeing how he fares as a former number one pick and a polarizing quarterback. So that does it for this week's episode. Got through all 16 matchups, all 32 teams. A good slate, three Saturday games. A chance for the Niners to clinch their division on Thursday Night Football. Giants-Commanders, huge playoff type of game on Sunday Night Football. Patriots-Raiders and then Burroughs-Bengals against Brady's Bucks in the late afternoon window. So plenty to watch this weekend. Thank you for listening to this episode. Enjoy all the games, and we'll be back next week.